Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do a terrific job. You can find out more and visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state, uh, Florida State Senate President. We'll also visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and Ed Brandt, pastor of Laley Presbyterian Church. Have a big day coming up. We'll be talking about that as well. It is February the 7th, and on this day in 1964, Pan Am Yankee Clipper Flight 101 from Heathrow Airport landed in New York's Kennedy Airport, and Beatlemania arrived. It was the first visit to the United States of the Beatles, a rock, British rock and roll quartet that just scored its first number one hit in the United States, uh, hit six days before the I Want to Hold Your Hand. At Kennedy, the Fab Four, dressed in mod suits and uh, sporting their trademark putting bowl haircuts, were greeted by 3,000 screaming fans who caused a near riot when the boys stepped off the plane and onto the American soil. Two days later, Paul McCartney, age 21, Ringo Starr, 23, John Lennon, 23, and George Harrison, 20, made their first appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show, a popular television variety show. Although it was difficult to hear the performance uh, because of the, uh, the noise and the screaming uh, over the screams of teenage girls in the studio audience, an estimated 73 million folks Tuned on, uh, tuned into the show, or about 40% of the U.S. population tuned in to watch. Sullivan immediately booked the Beatles for two more appearances that month. The group made their first public concert appearance in the United States on February the 11th at the Coliseum in Washington, D.C. And I actually went to that performance. Uh, it was pretty amazing with my sister. Uh, and uh, 20,000 fans attended. The next day, they gave two back-to-back performances at New York Carnegie Hall, and police were forced to close off the streets around the venerable music hall because of fan hysteria. On February the 22nd, the Beatles returned to England. The Beatles' first American tour left a major imprint on the nation's cultural memory, with American youth poised to break away from the culturally rigid landscape of the 50s. The Beatles were the exuberant music and good-natured rebellion were the perfect catalyst for the shift. Their singles and albums sold millions of records, and at one point the, in April 1964, all five best-selling U.S. singles were Beatles songs. By the time the Beatles' first feature film, A Hard Day's Night, was released in August, Beatlemania was epidemic the world over. Later that month, the four boys from Liverpool returned to the United States for their second tour and played to sold-out arenas across the country. Later, the Beatles gave up touring to concentrate on their innovative studio recordings, such as 1967's Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, a psychedelic concept album that was regarded as a masterpiece of popular music. The Beatles' uh, music remained relevant to youth throughout the great cultural shifts of the uh, 60s, and critics of all ages acknowledged the songwriter's genius of the Lennon-McCartney team. The 1970, in 1970, the Beatles disbanded, leaving a legacy of 18 albums and 30 top 10 uh, U.S. singles. During the next decade, all four Beatles pursued solo careers with varying success. Lennon, the most outspoken and controversial Beatle, was shot to death by a deranged fan outside his New York apartment uh, in 1980. McCartney was knighted by Queen Elizabeth II in 1997 for his contribution to British culture. In November 2001, George Harrison was succumbed to cancer, and Ringo Starr was knighted himself for services to music in 2018. The Great Beatles, what a shift it made in music, away from the rhythm and blues and uh, the influence of uh, the 50s and Little Richard to and uh, Chubby Checker and those to uh, really their own music and what a style it was. The Beatles first stopped in uh, the, for the Ed Sullivan Show. Well, the Speaker and the President have already met once in the White House on a matter to remain deadlocked over remaining the nation's uh, $31.4 trillion debt ceiling. 
Uh, Kevin McCarthy's comment before Biden's State of the Union address, uh, if you didn't watch it, it was really quite well done. It uh, did not suggest any compromise in his and Biden's so far entrenched positions. The White House has said the president will discuss federal cut, uh, spending cuts with Republicans only after the debt ceiling is lifted, while McCarthy said Republicans will lift the ceiling only if Biden agrees to spending cuts. Uh, I'd keep to that position because I wouldn't tr- trust Joe Biden uh, to necessarily keep an agreement about that if after you've made the uh, increase in the debt ceiling. So here we go. Uh, there's a standoff right now, and uh, hopefully McCarthy gave a great speech. I hope he'll continue talking and influencing the American people and jawbone the issue, because that's what it needs. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has reportedly pulled dissenter Rick Scott Uh, our own uh, Rick Scott, from the important Commerce Committee, which could be interpreted as retaliation for challenging his leadership bid. Further lending credibility to the retaliatory theory, McConnell also pulled Senator Mike Lee from the Commerce Committee. Lee supported Scott's bid to oust McConnell at the time. People told me not to run for Republican leader against Mitch McConnell. They said I wouldn't win. I knew I was going to be tarred, but we've got to start, start somewhere, Scott said in an ad released in early January. We're on the road to woke socialism, and Republicans are just a speed bump, he added. We can't keep doing the same old thing. It's time for Republicans to be bold, speak the truth, and stop caving in. Help us change our party. Join us at the rescueamerica.com, he said. Senator Rick Scott uh, is tired of caving on the limit, reportedly is pressuring Senator uh, Republican leader Mitch McConnell to not strike a last-minute deal with the president on the uh, contentious issue. According to The Hill, Scott's focus on McConnell is an extension of their November squabble over the leadership of the Senate uh, GOP conference, which uh, McConnell won in a closed-door election. In that meeting, Scott tried to oust McConnell from the top Senate Republican leader spot after the GOP failure to win a Senate majority and help lead the fight back against passing the $1.7 trillion year-end omnibus spending package, The Hill noted. Scott told The Hill that he's not giving up on cutting federal spending and will not take on McConnell again over an already expired debt limit that's forcing the U.S. Treasury to use extraordinary measures to make payments. I'm not going to back down, Scott told The Hill after McConnell removed him from the powerful committee. The Hill reported to conservatives' view uh, Scott's removal as a fallout from the November leadership race, which Scott uh, lost 37 to 10. McConnell also removed Senator Mike Lee from the panel. Uh, Lee nominated Scott for Senate Republican leader and Scott and in November and helped lead the fight against passage of the 2022 omnibus spending bill, The Hill noted. Scott has been gearing up for a battle uh, to battle McConnell over the debt ceiling uh, since uh, April 2021 when he pushed to amend the Senate GOP conference rules to require that any increase in the debt ceiling must be accompanied by cuts in federal spending or an equal or greater amount in the debt ceiling increase or meaningful structural reform, the Hill reported. Uh, Scott said McConnell then caved in the uh, fall of uh, 2021 by working out a deal with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to increase the one-time exception allowing debt ceiling legislation to advance on the Senate floor without having to face a filibuster. So again, uh, we wish Rick, Rick Scott has got a lot of resolve, and he's uh, pretty tough. Just wish him well in that battle, because right now, again, Einstein's definition of insanity, continuing to do the same thing and expecting a different result, Results have not been good. We do need a change. Well, uh, Senator Joe Manchin is set for a tough re-election bid in 2024 with one of the top possible candidates far ahead of him in the state approval ratings. Governor Jim Justice, uh, as a Republican from West Virginia, has an approval rating of 64%, while Manchin's approval rating is 40%. That's 24% gap. The polls, which were conducted on October the 1st, 2022, through December 31st, 2022, also registered voters show justice with only 31% disapproval rating, while Manchin has a 53% disapproval rating. They have shot back in the spotlight as justice, who is term limited, has teased to run for the Senate. I hope he'll run. Manchin was very popular and certainly had a lot of power until he caved uh, and made a deal with Schumer that Schumer didn't even keep the deal, unfortunately, for uh, Manchin. 
so he had nothing to show for it, but uh, he's fallen out of popularity as a consequence. Well, given the gargantuan level of gaslighting going on globally, it's difficult to judge whether the following is the most serious reframing of the entire COVID crisis yet, or it is most satisfyingly satirical take on the farcical narrative we've ever read. You can decide. It, uh, it's called, They Knew, Why Didn't the Unvaccinated Do More to Warn Us? So again, keep in mind, this is satire, but to me it rings so true. The unvaccinated knew what we, we, what we didn't. Some of them said too little. Most said nothing at all. A lot of blood is now on their hands. In the world struggles to come to terms with the uh, devastating effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, one qu question that continues to surface is why the unvaccinated didn't do more to warn us about the unpotential dangers of being injected. And while we were intending uh, in citizens lined up getting did the right thing and received the COVID-19 vaccinations now seem to do more harm than good. Their vaccinated friends stood by, unvaccinated friends stood by and let them do it. Some of them said too little, Said some, some said nothing at all. Even though they uh, knew what we didn't, our blood is now on their hands. Those are strong words, but the unvaccinated have access to important information about the potential side effects of vaccines. They knew about the risks of severe allergic reactions, blood clots, and other serious health complications. They knew that vaccines did not immunize us. They knew it wasn't effective and they could can cause more harm than good. They knew all of that, but instead of warning us, the unvaccinated chose to remain silent. They chose to look the other way and not speak out about the potential dangers of vaccines. Then they, uh, millions of uh, good folks who did the right thing at the time uh, fall to death and disease, and many anti-vaxxers even gloated online about how their coin flip had been the right bet. Uh, the more diabolical even urged folks that disagree with to get boosted. It's now come too clear. The silence of the unvaccinated was a dangerous, sociopathic, and irresponsible decision that had serious consequences for those of us who received vaccinations. And silence is, after all, consent. It is time for the unvaccinated to take responsibility for their actions and to work with the rest of us to find a solution to this crisis. We cannot afford to let their selfishness and lack of action continue to harm our communities. It is time for the unvaccinated to step up and do the right thing. The unvaccinated should be a more moral measured stick, uh, should be by any moral measured stick, have uh, done more to warn us about the potential risks, to help us make informed decisions about our health, and they must now ask to, uh, for our forgiveness, and ha hand and heart to heart, we may just do that for them. Because we are good people, we want those injections because it was the right thing to do, of course, until it wasn't. Great piece of satire, uh, but it's you know a degree of truth in that for sure. Uh, many of us didn't get vaccinated, and I'm grateful we didn't, but uh, I didn't have any special information about it. I just knew the government was uh, keeping score in such a way that it looked like they were pushing it, uh, and I just had very suspicious concerns about the government's position with regard to the vaccine. Also, on the message from the uh, CDC, it didn't sound like they were too much concerned about our health, more concerned about making sure that people got vaccinated. One size fits all. Well, on December the 15th, about three weeks after her third Pfizer shot, Princess uh, of uh, uh, Thailand collapsed with heart issues and went into a coma. The 44-year-old eldest daughter of the king in Thailand and likely heir to the throne had reportedly been in excellent health prior to the vaccination and collapsed during while training her dogs. The media uh, seemed to generally... Uh, seemed to generally lose interest after January 9th, in, in which it was reported the princess remained in a coma. A spokesman reported that the hearts, lungs, and kidneys are being supported by machines. What a sad story that is, huh? So, and there's so many stories about uh, very famous people who are uh, struggling as a result of the vaccines. And sadly, a lot of people who aren't in the limelight, too, are struggling as well and uh, in, with serious problems with myocarditis and so many other issues blood clots. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. 
Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our Florida State Senate President, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad, most health plans, maybe yours, don't cover international travel. You can find out more and make sure that you're properly covered so you can travel in confidence and go to internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, we're going to be uh, visiting with Seat Molly, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state Senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. I know it's a busy time for you up there, and a session starts, what, I guess, in, uh, in about a month? Uh, it, on, yeah, the first week in March. However, we did call a special session for this week uh, to do some emergency legislation, uh, including uh, dealing with the, uh, the Disney Reedy Creek issue, uh, a name, image, and likeness issue, statewide prosecutors, um, let's see what else is a number of things that we're addressing. Immigration uh, crisis. So it's very busy right now. I've been at the Capitol for a couple hours. Wow. So uh, uh, do you have it all on hand? Do you have legislation or yeah. to correct the problems? Everything's been, everything's been filed. Um, you know, we're trying to get it done this week because it, it, it kind of gets in, in the way of committee weeks and, and, and committee hearings. And, of course, the governor's budget that he rolled out. So... It's very hectic here, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're handling it. We're yeah. in stride. I, I read through the uh, governor's budget, uh, not uh, in fine detail with the numbers, but rather for uh, what he's proposing, and it's looked pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, in a, we're fortunate that we have um, budget surplus, uh, and we anticipate even greater surplus, and his philosophy and ours is uh, – not to keep it, but to give it back as long as we keep a uh, a uh, robust reserve. So, uh, so what is your focus this week in terms of what what is some of the legislation you're fa- facing? 
Well, one of the uh, the ones that is actually uh, probably more important to our area of the state is we're doing an emergency bill to provide um, a bridge loan program for local governments that are affected by the hurricane. Mm. For example, the, the city of Fort Myers Beach is, is because of you know the tax revenue issue. They're not getting any tax revenues because of um, you know the extension of payments. They're not even. They don't have enough money to pay their 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 people yeah. because they've run out of cash. So we're going to give uh, you know appropriate uh, local governments bridge loans so that they can get them through the summer and until the um, you know the fiscal cycle starts again. Things like that. We're also dealing with the crisis, uh, the immigration crisis in the Key West, and uh, giving the government the authority to um, to move you know to move uh, some of the immigrants out of the state which is fine. Well, you know, my Mayorkas is now uh, being uh, quizzed by the uh, committees right now, and uh, his responses are just amazing to me. But seems to me that's where the problem starts. The real solution to what's going on is making sure the border is closed at the, at the point of entry rather than, uh, you know, what they're doing is flying people over the United States or busing around the United States. Apparently, a lot of the migrants are now requesting to go to Canada. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, you, you know, a lot of them would probably feel more comfortable being uh, sent to sanctuary states or cities because uh, the, those sanctuary states and cities have, have guaranteed to provide services, and you know, we haven't. I mean, obviously, we have to do some things. We can't, you know, humanitarian things, but uh, they're providing all. Like I heard in New York City, for example, uh, the city just took a whole apartment building, you know, high rise, and, and turned it into a complex for the illegal immigrants is that good or bad i don't know but we're not doing that yeah i mean to me when they decided to become a sanctuary city in new york i wonder if they budgeted for that my guess is they didn't probably not i don't know yeah it's just amazing it is kathleen i know you've got a very busy schedule i really appreciate you taking time for our listeners any final comments before i let you go uh, just stay tuned. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very busy session, right. and you know, I'm looking forward to uh, keeping up with you on what we're doing. Thank you so much for taking time. I appreciate have it, Kathy. Have a great day. You too. All right. Uh, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting uh, Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website, uh, golfshoreplayhouse.com. 
org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us Linda Harden. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Another beautiful day in paradise. Another great day in paradise. So, uh, State of the Union address tonight. Uh, watch Kevin McCarthy uh, yesterday and his address, which I thought was extremely articulate and well done. I know you watched it, too. We were there together. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we watched it on Bannon because Bannon went right to it, right? That's right. And, and oh, by the way, none of the none of the media is even saying bo peep about that. Well, but it was it was a terrific address, and I think it really summarized uh, the problems right now. But so much has happened now, going into the State of the Union address. What are your thoughts? I think that he's just going to go up there and read whatever they wrote for him two days ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I do, and and he's in as much said that when he. Um, uh, came back to the White House yesterday. He just said, they asked him, is it going to change your, the balloon and all that stuff? Is that going to change your speech? Nope. Just going to do the same thing. And and then, um, he, I mean, he, they think we're stupid. Yeah. They think we're not paying attention. And and I told you last night, I said, what I'd do if I were any of those representatives, I'd be, I'd in my hip pocket, I'd have a little white balloon and, and as soon as he started talking, I'd blow it up. Yeah. I mean, not blow it to make it pop, but just start blowing it so it expands and just bring that to, because he won't mention it. You don't think so? Nope. Hmm. Well, it'll be interesting to see what he, what he does. And uh, now the governor of Arkansas is going to be uh, giving the rebuttal afterwards. It's what a shame because it, that speech just doesn't get the attention it needs. First of all, it's late. Most people won't watch it, but uh, I think it's important to hear from her. I think she'd do a nice job. I think she'll excoriate Joe Biden with, yeah. with great pleasure. Uh, and she's she's not shy. I mean, the fact that everybody said, "Oh my goodness, she will never ever become governor of Arkansas." I mean, she just put her nose to the grindstone and went for it. She did. By the way, just not to change the subject, but I'm going to do it because I just saw it on your TV screen. All this stuff about Kamala Harris being demonized by everybody, I think it's really, really interesting. Yeah, I th it looks to me like they don't want her around. Well, who would? Right. She's a not very talented, tone deaf. She's a, But it, I, it makes me think they want to get rid of her before they get rid of him. I know. And, and that Washington Post that they were citing uh, the article. And, no, no, no. That's not right. Um, the New York Times had an article about her. And what did Jesse Waters say last night? Boy, if you really if if you really want to get rid of somebody, send the New York Times after you. And 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 the article about her was just awful. Yeah, it was just awful. So um, meaning meaning there was not one nice thing that they said about her. So I don't know. This is just going to be so interesting. Oh, by the way. She knows she loves Venn diagrams. Oh, I don't care. I don't even know what that is. I don't even care. Um, every everything that comes out of her mouth is stupid. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be really interesting because this week is is um, interesting because the because the that James Cormier no Cormier uh, Comer Comer uh, Kentucky they described him as as a uh, Peter Falk type. Guy, you know the little uh, what? Oh, yeah. What? What was the detective that he played? I, I Columbo. So, so they've they've labeled um, James Cormier as Columbo, and that he's just got a steel resolve to to find out what the heck has been going on with the Biden crime family, and he's not afraid to say it. So, all these hearings start tomorrow. Great. And and um, who's, who's going to be on the stand tomorrow? Do you know? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yes, I do. Um, well, no, this is about about um, big tech and whatever they were going to put about I them. So many different hearings going on. Yeah, I know. The, it, one of them is about uh, it's related, but it's about Twitter silencing the Hunter Biden laptop, and they're going to have James Baker, who used to work for the either the CIA or or the FBI. He's one of them. The other one is the head of former head of uh, I think it's the head of Google or the head of Twitter. Anyway, it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, I've never been so interested in C-SPAN in my whole entire life, but I'm watching this stuff. What, what about uh, Mayorkas? And I think they've got him on the stand, don't they? I don't, not tomorrow, um, but probably. Yeah. But, you know, all these people are going to say, oh, well, um, I can't comment on it because it's an ongoing investigation. Hey, have you heard about uh, uh, the who's the guy who's 
been doing the invest investigations all along into the um, Russiagate and, and um, oh, what's his name? They thought he was done uh, with his final report. They thought he was going to... Uh, what's his name, Robert? Uh, 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 you know who I'm talking Sobic? about. No, 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 no. No, the the guy, the special, the special guy who was appointed to to uh, look into all this nefarious activities that was going against Trump, and and remember, uh, 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 oh, you're speaking about John uh, Durham, Durham, yeah, Durham, yeah. So apparently, something's coming up with him. He's got more more to say about what's going on. Well, that's good. I know. And everybody's like freaked out. Um, like uh, Eric Swalwell is on the was on MSNBC or something saying, "Oh well, John Durham is just he's just going to um, underscore what was always going on with Trump uh, as far as his connections to Russia." They just can't let that go. These people are absolutely evil in their intent. They just can you imagine? Trump has been out of office for two years, and they he is living rent free and all of their heads. And you know why that is? Because he's got the goods on everybody. Yeah. So and he and he's beholding to no one. It's and, so true. And it's it's I don't know. It's going to be a very very interesting week. It's a very interesting time in Washington DC right now. Mitch McConnell lacks popularity and support from the American people. He's an old he's an uh, old school negotiator. And, uh, and his negos- wife is from China. Yeah, his wife is from China. There is that, isn't there? Yes, because, there is that. And, and, oh uh, my goodness, how did Mitch McConnell get so rich? I wonder. Was it the money from Pfizer? Yes, there's that. But there's also Mrs. McConnell. Yeah, Mrs. McConnell. Whose who's, who's parents... The heiress to a huge shipping company. Exactly. And of course, that can all be taken away with a lack of cooperation. I mean, he is compromised, Mitch McConnell, in my opinion. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I hate to be I hate to be repetitive, but we always talk about this as like, who are the good guys on on Capitol Hill? Seriously, these people who have been who have been quote unquote serving our countries, quote unquote serving the people of their of their state since Christ was a child, and and they're compromised. Yeah, I must say I was impressed with McCarthy. He gave me a real sense of encouragement uh, with that speech yesterday. He did a nice job. Uh, but he also is following through on his commitments to uh, to the American people. So, uh, well, we'll see. Time time will tell. But. McCarthy needs to have a have a uh, come to Jesus moment about what he said about Ashley Babbitt. Yeah, and, and that the Capitol Police did their job. That was not that was not good. And guess who voiced his opinion about how that was not good? Donald Trump. Well. Uh, I, I do cut him a little bit of a break only because he is now in charge of the Capitol Police. I don't care. So I don't care. Um, and, and that's another thing. Well, grow a spine. I mean, if, if you want to be Speaker of the House, be Speaker of the House. Nancy Pelosi never had a problem with growing a spine and doing what all, all this stuff. Kevin McCarthy needs to grow, grow a spine and do what's right. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, by the way, all that barbed wire is up around the Capitol again. Yeah. What are they expecting? And Kevin McCarthy probably gave that order. Huh. Why did he do that? Uh, good question. Good question, Linda. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. There's lots of stuff going on today. I mean, it's, it's, it's this time in our lives, it's, it's scary. And, and we didn't even talk about this, um, the Grammy Awards, which we didn't watch, thank the Lord. But, no. but uh, nobody watched. Really? Really? Did you hear that? The the ratings are just way, way down. I mean, hardly anybody watched it, but this was demonic uh, music thing that went on that was... Brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah, just gross. Just just so gross. You know what's interesting, too, speaking of Pfizer, just for a brief second, and flag me if you want to go, but um, there are other countries who are going after uh, these pharmaceutical companies. Did you hear about Thailand? Yeah. I just think that's so interesting, and and Japan is doing it too, um, because uh, because people have not these companies have not been forthcoming about the outcomes of these uh, vaccines. So that Thailand, their princess, who's heir to the throne, took uh, a vaccine and and had a massive heart attack. She's in a coma, not expected to live, and Thailand is going, uh uh uh, you're not getting away with this. So it's really really 
So the consequence is they're going to uh, remove the emergency ruling and saying that it was uh, obtained by fraudulent means and therefore make them liable. Right. Which is uh, going to be a big deal. And you said there's another country that's doing Japan. that? Japan. Japan's really upset about this. That Very upset. So, so just to wrap this up, I don't know if you want to go, but but I was reading something this morning on social media about um, we're living in biblical times and whatever, but this this horrible earthquake yeah. in Turkey that they're expected. I mean, we watched some of the clips of those buildings crashing down, which was horrific. I mean, it's it's the biggest earthquake to hit in over a hundred years. And what did you? Five thousand de- dead so far. Yeah, and they expect ten thousand. But didn't you say one of the one of a uh, uh, building that was a castle that was built during uh, 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 the time of Christ just totally collapsed? Can you imagine being that ex- uh, long in existence and just collapsing? So something said that that Turkey is the base of Satanism. I've never heard that before. Have but I. the other thing was is that. Um, in the Bible, somewhere it says this about the Sea of Galilee will will uh, be filled. They've had so much rain in Israel now that the Sea of Galilee is is filled to overflowing. Wow! It's really really interesting to see what's going on. Um, I mean, it's it's biblical times, and it's really interesting to see. Um, I don't know if it's prophecy taking place, but these these earthquakes. The first one was 7.8. The second one was 7.5. And you could hear these people screaming from that were trapped inside the building. Wow. Absolutely horrific. The pictures are on the TV right now. So, They're just awful. So sad. Linda, I always appreciate your commentary in the show. We but, covered it all. We did. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. We're going to have more on the, here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website, choicesocial.us. Coming up, I'm going to be visiting with uh, Ed Prant. He's the pastor at the Laley Presbyterian Church. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yes, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and the left does not. No, it doesn't. And, uh, boy, it just c- continues to expand. But keep up the good work. You're making a difference, Seton. 
thank you. You, you wrote a piece uh, called "The Net Has a Way." It has outgrown the uh, net neutrality. Some really interesting information in there. Let me tell tell us about this. Well, you know, I want to look at the, the very concept that almost always I, I can maybe think of an example or two, maybe if it, it held at gunpoint, where by the time Congress gets its pants on and passes legislation, the sector of the economy that it's trying to regulate or alter or fix, quote unquote, or whatever, has already moved light years past whatever whatever point on the line uh, the Congress was aiming at, right? Right. right. So, you know, uh, if you're at point four on the line, if Congress is aiming at point four on the line, by the time they address point four on the line, the, 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 the economy's on point 12 on the line, <laughs> you know? And the inter- nothing better demonstrates that than the internet. I wanted to give, you know, we talk about how net neutrality is bad and it's cronyism for big tech and all of these things. But I wanted to look at the legislative history and um, how, how completely off the mark net neutrality would be now. Um, the last time, and I forgot to mention this in the piece, but the last time Congress addressed telecommunications law was the 1996 Act, okay? Right. Now, Everyone in the room there, this is one of the last times in history when it, that was a deregulatory document. Everyone in the room, Republicans and Democrats, said, we don't know what the Internet is. We have no idea what it's going to be. So we're going to leave it alone in this bill. And let's see what happens. Well, as I say, it's amazing how successful something becomes when government leaves it alone. Right. And the Internet, you know, 30 years ago in 1993, 99.9% of the people didn't even know what the internet was. Mm-hmm. Now, 86% of Kenyans, in 2019, 86% of Kenyans had access to the internet. Well, wow. uh, you know, it's, it's just amazing. Now, it's a, one, it's a deregulatory document in 96. Two, and I, did, I failed to mention this, Congress, can, I mean, the, the executive branch can't do anything unless Congress expressly says do this. Right. And, of course, they didn't impose net neutrality. It was a deregulatory document. Net neutrality is very much a regulatory action. It's a lot of new regulation. Well, you know, so Congress can't do it. It also is in part, and I wrote about this a couple weeks ago, it's very hard to impose something, Congress to impose something that doesn't even exist yet. The term and concept was created seven years later in 2003 by a college professor named Tim Wu. So there's no congressional authority to do this. Now, because the act was deregulatory and because Congress can't get its act together and update the law for good or for ill, because there's some stuff that needs to be updated. The Internet looks a little different than it did in 96, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, th- they can't get it together. You're still operating under that deregulatory framework, which is why the Internet has gone so insanely crazy well. You know, it's now... 30 years ago from what's that to one-seventh of our economy. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. So, so we want to maintain that. Now, what these clowns on the left are doing, they're still clinging to net neutrality because, of course, they want to control everything. The, the 1996 Act was a deregulatory document. It's going to be very hard to pitch a bill in Congress that wants to ramp up regulation on the Internet. Because everyone's going to go, well, what are you fixing? What's broken? Um, they're now trying to do it through the agencies, as we've seen with past impositions of net neutrality through the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC. And part of it, because I really want to lock it down, because it's, you know, as we've seen with the Twitter files, it's, it's a Wild West until the government steps in and makes it, you know, uh, not a Wild West anymore. If you like the First Amendment, it's not a good thing. And so they want to impose what's called Title II. Well, in, in 96 Act, they, the, they classify the Internet as Title I. And I'm not going to get too much in the weeds, but this is important. Title I is deemed an information service, which the Internet clearly is. Right. It's not a telecommunication service. It can be. That's part of what it does. But there's a, you know, how many, how many mega gigs of data per second are delivered by the Internet? It's an information service. Data is information. It is not just telecommunications. Yes, you and I are talking on an Internet phone line, but that's what tiny fraction of what the Internet does is that, you know, less than 1% maybe? Right, I don't know. Right. But anyway, 
So, so Title I is very loosely regulated, which is why it's done so well. Well, they want to impose Title II, which comes from 1934 Telecommunications Act. It was written for landline telephones, which, as we know, are binary, you know, this way and that way communication, one line. Uh-huh. Well, they call the World Wide Web the web for a reason. It's nine trillions of, of, of those lines, it's, you know, crisscrossing in all kinds of directions, all simultaneously providing data. It's not a one-way line. And by the way, the 1934 Communications Act was built upon the 1887 Information Act, which was for railroads. <laughs> Another binary, one way or the other, you know, form of, of, of transmission. So... They're trying to squeeze the World Wide Web down into binary one-line law in order to regain control of it. And I just wanted to say how structurally stupid that is. It just doesn't make any sense technologically. Because what you're going to do is you're going to turn the Internet back into what it was in 1983 when 99% of the people said, what is that? Yeah. (laughs) So we don't want to return to those days. We want to leave it where it is because... If it ain't broke, Washington will surely attempt to fix it. You know what? And see what this demonstrates again, as you pointed out, that when when Washington leaves things well enough alone, they seem to prosper and thrive. When Washington gets involved, it tends to put a throttle or governor on uh, growth, and that's not good. So, hey, I just it puts a governor and it it, it 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 chooses directions for growth. Yeah, you know, see, and government I'm, is rarely going to be very good at choosing what's coming next. That's exactly right. Seton, I really appreciate your commentary on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. You can find out more by visiting lessgovernment.org. That's lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on uh, Facebook. By the way, the times are changing, and trends in funeral services are no exception. The traditional somber, formal affair marking one's passing is transitioning into a celebratory event where family and friends can gather more casually in a relaxed setting that incorporates the comforts of home. On Sunday, February the 19th, Hodges Life Celebration Center, located at 26051 South Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, is going to host a community open house and reception from 2 to 4 p.m. with a ribbon cutting and champagne toast at 3.15 p.m. The new facility reflects the latest innovation in funeral services by the Hodges brand. It's dynamic in its capacity to accommodate both traditional and non-traditional funerals and memorials, said Michelle Matuzak, the funeral director. We are also eager to extend our facility to the community as to the gathering place for those wanting to host a special brunch or luncheon amongst friends or perhaps a dinner or honor, an anniversary of a milestone event. The caterings, they say, is second to none. Uh, The special guest for the event is going to be Mrs. Thelma Hodges, the uh, 94-year-old widow of uh, the founder of uh, Hodges, uh, Earl Hodges, who passed in 2013. She is a fab. I had dinner with her the other night. She's just a terrific person. So I hope you'll come. I'm going to be there. You can find out more by uh, and and make RSVP for the event. That's again on February the 19th. Celebration uh, Hodges Celebration Center. Uh, call for reservations 366. 366- Five three 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 six six five three three three. Okay, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. We get the politics. We know the policy. We prepare your elected officials to win in the state legislatures. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Pastor Ed Brandt. He is the uh, pastor of Lely Presbyterian Church. Pastor Ed, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, thanks so much for reaching out and inviting me to talk. I appreciate it. Uh, it's my pleasure indeed. Tell us about the Lely Presbyterian Church. Uh, Lely Presbyterian Church is in East Naples, founded nearly 50 years ago by Maureen's Presbyterian Church, a congregation of 100 people, with about 150 to 200 people uh, in worship in season, and about 100 people out of season. So it's a, uh, a great, growing, dynamic congregation, and I've only been there about maybe close to 18 months. Well, congratulations to you. I hear great things about what you're doing there. So uh, uh, you have an event coming up. It's so interesting. The 80th commemoration of the four chaplains. Maybe you could tell us about it. Sure. The four chaplains is an iconic story that goes back to February 3rd, 1943. There are four chaplains. It was uh, Reverend Fox, Rabbi Good, uh, Reverend Pauline, and Father Washington. It sounds like a joke, you know, a priest, a rabbi, and and a Protestant minister, but it's a true story. Uh, four guys in the USS Dor- U.S. Uh, Transport Dorchester went across the North Atlantic. Uh, they got hit by a, uh, a torpedo. It went down less than half an hour. Wow. But the four chaplains, these four iconic chaplains, they gave their life vests and their gloves and anything else they had to other passengers on that on that ship to help save their lives. And the, the story is that they went down holding hands, uh, praying together. It's a, an incredible story of selfless service. And in the chaplain's hand, I'm a retired Army chaplain, that story fuels the idea of what the call to serve God is all about. And if you can't put others ahead of yourself, maybe you're in the wrong business when it comes time to be a pastor or a person in which profession. Yeah. Uh, so interesting. that yeah, I've uh, read a little bit about some of the uh, the four chaplains that you'd be commemorating their, their backgrounds and their service. Uh, can you give us a sneak peek? Sure. Um, I'm supposed to come in Friday, Bob. Pardon me? You're talking about this coming Friday, the awardees? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So we have Wayne Smith. He was a, uh, Wayne lives in Naples, a former POW in the Hanoi Hilton, gave five and a half years of his life uh, in a POW camp. And uh, Wayne's service is, is something that needs to be honored, remembered, and recognized. Yeah. And we'll be recognizing Wayne. Um, Steve Scheich is the U.S. Air Force Chief of Chaplains, retired and also the first chief of chaplains for the U.S. Space Force. Steve will not be with us in person, although Steve will be sending a video, and we'll be recognizing him with a Lifetime Achievement Award. And then there's Stan Fall. Stan's a, uh, an affiliate member of our church. He's from Fort Wayne, Indiana, retired. But he's also served in Vietnam and did some really uh, hard work, and we'll talk about that more on Friday. And then locally, Helen Johnson, a member of our church, Helen has her fingers in everything, and she exemplifies selfless service as well, going above and beyond the duty of caring for other people. So those are the four people we will recognize on Friday, and we're thrilled to do it. So it's uh, Friday, February the 10th at 10.30 a.m., followed by fellowship and refreshments. And again, That's the, correct. And the, the awards again will be... Uh, maybe uh, how can people find out more, Get uh, attend the service? Maybe you can tell us. Uh, if they, there'll be an article in the paper this, this week, uh, 
uh, there'll be information on our website. It's uh, Lely Prez. I'm sorry, lpcnaples.org is the website. It should be information on there. And if you have any questions, please call the church office at 239-774-6151. And before I let you go, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your past experience? I've served churches in Pennsylvania, Delaware, California, Michigan, and now I'm closing out my career in Florida. 32 plus 32 years in the Army National Guard with 12 years full-time retiring as the chief chaplain for the National Guard Bureau and so fortunate to have found Lely Presbyterian Church as I close out my uh, my time of service as a pastor. Ed, thank you so much for your service. I genuinely appreciate your coming on the show today. Thanks so much for joining us. Bob, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. You my pleasure indeed. Well, the uh, pandemic emergency quickly winding down. California officials appear to have quietly backed away from plans to re- require COVID-19 vaccinations for K-12 students, school students, a move that avoids the prospect of barring tens of thousands of unvaccinated children from the classroom. The shift comes 14 months after Governor Gavin Newsom visited a San Francisco middle school to declare plans to make California the first state to mandate COVID-19 vaccines for its more than 6 million students. The vaccine mandate initially expected to kick in uh, last summer was put off another 12 months amid flagging youth vaccination rates that opened a debate about how the requirement would disproportionately punish disadvantaged students. And never mind uh, anything about returning or uh, ruining their health, compromising their health. So uh, I think this is pretty important. It's kind of the uh, canary in the coal mine. And in California, deciding not to vaccinate uh, kids K through 12, uh, hopefully this demonstrates uh, the awareness that we're seeing that people understand that these vaccines, first of all, don't uh, prohibit uh, people from getting uh, the uh, virus. But second of all, it doesn't prevent them from transmitting it either. So <laughs> what does it do now? Well, it maybe it's for the right people who are, have immunocompromised and so forth, but uh, it's just not good news. And also, by, according to the uh, data from the U.S. Census Bureau, enrollment in colleges across the nation have decreased by roughly 13%. Take that in. Enrollment in decreased by 13% across all colleges. And while many colleges struggle to draw in students, many faith-based universities are seeing a boom in applications championing the classical curriculum over woke ideologies. Founder and CEO of the Classic uh, Learning Test, Jeremy Tate outlined on Fox and Friend this weekend about how the classical education gives many colleges across the country an edge over others. If you're watching this and you graduated college in the 60s or 70s, then you probably took U.S. history or economics or Western civilization. But those days are long gone. Many colleges now have gone to a kind of a la carte model. But there's a narrow band, he said, at schools like University of Dallas, Franciscan, Benedictine, uh, Hillsdale, Grove, uh, Hillsdale, Grove City College have maintained and sometimes doubled down on their traditional core curriculum. Tate explained that the colleges and universities adopted woke ideologies and curriculums have now had an alarming trend contributing to the rise in applications for the faith-based college where still utilize a core classical curriculum. Hillsdale College, for example, has recorded a 53% increase in applications as of April 2022. The story of American higher education, really for the past half century, is a story of one college after another, really trashing any kind of serious core curriculum, he said. Recently, the State University of New York system will require all students to take courses related to social justice, diversity, and equity. Well, that's not going to affect uh, attendance too well. I support uh, Hillsdale College. I think they're a terrific organization. So uh, if you're wondering if uh, where to take a look at where to, where to send a young person to college, I think Hillsdale College is a terrific uh, choice. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, on uh, Monday, we're going to visit with no, I'm sorry. On Wednesday, we're going to visit with uh, Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato, chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute, and Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. I appreciate it. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>
Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>